welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Good evening. This is the news. <laughs> like the fact that you just nodded at first. Yes. Nodded for the visual audience. <laughs> this is, like, I presume we're being filmed at all times. I've just seen the Truman Show. <laughs> it's this wonderful film. I've got to tell you about <laughs> freak, it. Freak me out. Now I've Jim Carrey the... is in a dome. Yeah. And I'm thinking either, if it isn't a reality TV show that we're being part of, Government spies, big government, and I love it. Have you also watched 1984 recently? Yes, John Hurt. Like a back to back screening. 100 emoji. John Hurt should have been Truman in Truman Show. <laughs> should he should have been the creator guy? That no, that that is true of every Jim Carrey role. It should have been John, John Hurt. John Hurt. Bruce Almighty. Mask. John Hurt. Oh, John Hurt is a mask. I definitely pay to watch that film. Brings a gravitas to that role that he really didn't have. Watching John Hurt climb out of a rhino's bum. And say, alrighty then. <laughs> um, welcome to the midweek show where we talk news and reviews. Yes. Uh, today we'll be reviewing, we want to watch Ghostbusters. Ghost Mustards. <laughs> we went and watched... My favourite condiment. Well, I went and watched uh, Money Monster. When you say you went and watched it. And also sure. they grabbed the, the finale of Preacher. <laughs> Well, so, okay. I don't yeah. know whether to be excited or not about that. That I've happened. Seen that or not. Okay. Um, but first, but first, the news. All right. What have you got for us, news well, hound? Well, today is the they had the world premiere of Suicide Squad last night. How was it? I presume um, you went. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you no. since uh, Sunday, so I don't know. Uh, how was it? Um, oh wait, no. I'm just asking. <laughs> just I, I know again. you didn't go. Well, maybe I did. Maybe this okay. is the time I saw him go. Actually, yeah, it was really great. David Ayer really invited did, me in with okay, open right. arms. Did the pictures of the event look anywhere near as good as you hoped they would? I've not seen any of the pictures. Then why are you reporting on this? Uh, because they've released the first reviews today. Oh. So the review embargo. Because it opens... Midnight showings on Thursday here. Mm-hmm. Opens properly Friday. Okay. Um, And all the reviews have started coming out. Yeah. They've not been good. Oh. Um, a majority, majority of them are negative. Right. Um, Empire gave it four out of five. Um, really enjoyed it. But what I seem to think is happening is a lot of reviewers don't seem to understand what this property is. Right. Um, one of them said, for example, Amanda Waller was um, distant and cold and calculated, mm-hmm. and they didn't like that. But, but that's her that's character. She is. So it seems like a lot of that. And um, David Ayer tweet is it Ayer? Ayer. Ayer. I just keep saying Ayer. David Ayer. Ayer. Uh, basically tweeted out saying, "Sorry, we've just offended him. something in Italian." He's not listening. Saying, "I prefer to die standing than to live on my knees." Is what he's tweeted out. He tweeted that out in Latin, presumably uh, Italian at first. In Italian, yeah. Why Italian? He's not Italian. David Ayer. Da- I don't know. Davide, uh, maybe. But he, he's basically been... Great, great Italian name, Davide. He's been very kind of forceful with his campaign for Suicide Squad, basically saying, you know, he thinks he's... A, and the thing is, Suicide Squad was always going to have a tough time, I feel. Well, particularly after March. Exactly. You know, Batman v Superman didn't do what Warner Brothers wanted it to do. Unless they wanted it to be a terrible film. <laughs> maybe they did. Well, we can only hope. The marketing geniuses over at Warner Brothers really achieved their dream. So I I think basically it's going to be one that we have to wait and see with more yeah. than anything. But yeah, critics, I mean, I'm excited critics have got it, it wrong before. I've seen, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, most people they said... They hated Waterworld. Most people said that Medea's Family Christmas wasn't a good film, but, you know, <laughs> the Oscars proved otherwise. <laughs> the lack of diversity wasn't an issue that year when it was only black nominees. It All was for- Tyler Perry. <laughs> Tyler Perry. Best Supporting Actress, Tyler Perry. Best Cinematography, Tyler Perry. He just grabbed the camera off his mate at one point and went, I'll film this bit. Um... I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, from the second trailer, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Whichever trailer it is that makes it look like Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably that, the second one. Okay. If it is like that, it's got no issues with me. If it isn't like that, I will probably end up crying. Because <laughs> it will probably be... It's a, it's a good two-hour movie, I think, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. It's probably got an extended cut of like four no. hours. <laughs> Shoot me in a <laughs> Imagine, hole. This is what DC are going to do. They're not going to have any kind of after credits bit. They're just going to have extended like, cuts. Here's your after credits bit. It comes five months after the credits, and you can buy it on DVD for an extra fifteen pounds, and it's an extra half an hour of stuff you don't want to see. <laughs> have you ever wanted to watch Slipknot taking a shower? Ooh, not the band Slipknot. Uh, the character. Less interested now. <laughs> less interested now that I know that Geordie Jordison's not involved. <laughs> Jordy Jordison, Owenson, Joey Jordison. Thank you, our silent partner. Our producer just gave me that from behind the glass wall that we filmed behind. Film. Okay, but so I, Jordy Jordison, Joey Jordison, I knew his name, Corey Taylor. But like David Ayer basically at the premiere apparently turned around and shouted, fuck Marvel. Which might be a bit premature. I if mean, this re- Jesus If this Christ. proves not to come out as well as he's hoping. You can't say fuck Marvel when you're going off Batman versus Superman. What is the thing? You can't be like, oh, well, we've got a solid base point to jump off from but here. Apparently he apologised afterwards. And apparently what happened was somebody in the crowd shouted fuck Marvel. And he basically echoed their call. And afterwards he tweeted out, oh, was I apologised to all my schoolmates. Was he like, no, no, he, he basically shouted it back like, Fuck Marvel! But my thing is, you can't shout that when they're doing like it right. That's a year six excuse. If he said it, and so I did as well. But you can't basically shout, fuck you, at the studio that's doing it right when your studio is fucking it up at every turn. Yeah. You know, it, it really confused me why. And no it. one's seen your film at this point. This is on the way into the premiere. Yeah. This is him like on stage. And then afterwards, they're all like, fuck you, David. Fuck, fuck you. And he's like, fuck you, David. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, so that's the big news of this week is that David Ayer's gone crazy and has started shouting and using Year 6 excuses. Sweet. Okay, second bit of news. You've seen The Rocketeer, yeah? I did, and I always (laughs) thought it was a film that was much older than it was. (laughs) When did it come out? Like, 90s? Yeah, in my head it was like from the 1950s. (laughs) It's set set in World War, Yeah, and I I kind of felt like it was one of those films where (laughs) it was so believed in the world. It did its job so well, you thought it was a World War film. It was boring as balls when I watched it, because I was just like, oh, this is an old person's film made last year. Well, they're making a sequel. I mean, the thing is, I don't even remember The Rocketeer well enough to be like, how could they? I don't know that they wrapped it up in the perfect way. It could be I think perfectly it's Disney needed. who did it, maybe? I'm going to say Disney because they own it. I'm going to go with Cecil B. DeMille in the 1930s <laughs> made it. Um, I don't know who made it. But yeah, they're casting a black female lead in it. And who was the lead in it in the original? Well, apparently. In so my head, it's like, Billy Zane. Never... I don't think it's Billy Zane. <laughs> You're thinking it? The Phantom. 
uh, or Titanic. Titanic is what I'm thinking of. Uh, no, apparently, uh, somebody when I speak to somebody about this the other day, they said um, everyone who was in the Rocketeer, mm. who was the supporting cast, all went on to do like amazing things, but the yeah. lead guy did nothing. So it is Billy Zane. <laughs> cool. Billy Zane. Sorry, Billy. Are you excited for another Rocketeer? Or do uh, you give no I'm shits? I'm excited enough that I'm now tempted to be like, oh, I should watch the Rocketeer again. <laughs> Go back. Give it a chance. Never seen it. I mean... It's. I'm pretty sure it's not a talkie. That's, it's that old. <laughs> it's just piano. Charlie Chaplin did stuff with his career. They're wrong. <laughs> just like a lot of piano music and. Yeah, yeah. I I remember it being really slapsticky. Uh, funny mustache. There's a bit where he's standing and a, a house pack. falls and he goes through the door. Yes. He goes missing him. But that's Buster Keaton. Now we're mixing our oh. side of movie stars. <sighs> That's why the silent movie cast never took off. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that's true. <laughs> okay, so Rocketeer 2. Mm, fi- yeah, fine. Until I rewatch Rocketeer and work out what the fuck happened in that Well, before film. I put this news in, I did say to you, have you ever watched Rocketeer? I have watched it. And I assumed that that meant you liked it. <laughs> or knew it well. I watched Batman vs Superman. <laughs> and you loved that. And I don't think I know it well either. <laughs> um... A final, final bit, bit of news. news. Um, Marvel news. Whoa, my favourite bits of um, news. So it's not. Come Avengers on. Infinity War. It's going to um, be four split films. Into, it's split into two parts, oh, part good. one and part two. And they did say a long time ago, uh, by long time ago, I mean a little while ago, they're going to actually officially rename them. So it's not oh, going so so to be part one, part, War, two. part one, part two. No, so they're going to uh, completely rename them. So they've announced the first one's the going to be called one. Avengers Infinity the next one's going to be called <laughs> Avengers A War. You're so close. The first one is now officially called Avengers Infinity War. Right. That's it. So, They've the basically gone, one? we're renaming it. We're just taking the part one away. Oh, so what's the second one called? They've not named it yet, but I imagine Infinity Wars. Uh, terrible idea. The other war. This is, this is bad. Well, it's <laughs> not bad. It's just a thing. All right. They've done a thing. There you go. Marvel News. Okay. Well, maybe fuck Marvel is right then. <laughs> on on that basis, maybe that's what he was responding to. Untitled. They called it Avengers No Name, and he's like, "Fuck Marvel, right? Fuck Marvel." Although, Avengers No Name isn't that Hawkeye, right? Right, guys, <laughs> get on board. He's the No Name of the Avengers. <laughs> but you just said his name. Yeah, but what's his real name? Clint Barton. I was going to say Clinton Morrison, but that's definitely a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the reviews. That yes. news, the exciting news. Exactly. Look, San Diego Comic Con was last week. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a slow news week, a dry week. So our most exciting news story this week has been: what is the real name of Clint Morrison? <laughs> okay, so is what's the guy yeah. from Slipknot? Called? <laughs> yes, is it some G- kind of Geordie Jordison? <laughs> And son of postcard, please. You know, uh, Slipknot, that very famous Icelandic band. <laughs> founded by Joey Jordison, Geordie Jordison, Jordi Jordison, and Bordy Bordison. <laughs> On to the reviews. Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> Ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Andy, um, let's talk about the plot. What's the plot of Ghostbusters? One of the most hyped films of the year, for, sure. for many reasons. No, for one reason, let's be honest. It's not been hyped in like a positive way, unfortunately. No, I don't think any... I was going to say, I don't think anybody really wanted this film, but I suppose somebody must have. Paul Feig, maybe. 
uh, Sony wanted this film. Because it makes money. The Ghostbusters property makes money. Tons of money. Um, And basically, you know, it got a lot of hate from its first trailer. Um, A lot of people going on about the fact that it's an all-female cast. Mm -hmm. um, That it's a reboot and not kind of continuing on from that original franchise. It's basically Ghostbusters 1. Yeah. If you want the story. I I know I'm basically going down the route I went down the other week with Independence Day, which is... Yeah. If you've seen the first one, it's the same film. Um, but at least they have the good grace with Ghostbusters to put a second one in between. Yeah, and which is basically 30, the first like, one again. 30 years. Like. But no, it's all about Kristen Wiig is some kind of big wig sci- um, teacher. professor. And she ends up meeting back up with Melissa McCarthy, who's an old friend. Um, and then they go find ghosts. Yeah. They form a Ghostbusting team. Yeah. Fine. Now, I would say I went into this film with an open mind, but you told me off for saying that. Well, no, you tried to, and then you kept not having an open mind before you went in, like, on the walk into the cinema. Yeah. You you started to say things, I was like, how's that open mind going for you? <laughs> Seems pretty closed <laughs> off. You, I think you were more open-minded than I thought you were going to be. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind this. I'll be honest, I right. didn't mind this. Um... It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. There were definitely moments that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was quite funny to begin with. I think it definitely tapered off as it went along. Yeah, I think so. But I think it, for the for the majority of the film, it was entertaining. It was funny. Yeah. Um, there wasn't. There weren't. Apart from the end section, there weren't huge swathes of it where I was like, I haven't laughed in a long time. I didn't know. I didn't notice me being like. I'm not entertained. It's an entertaining Even film. though Russell Crowe kept shouting, are you, are not, you not entertained? entertained? Exactly. <laughs> I really but, wish they wouldn't let that guy in the cinema yeah, anymore. but when you go to the cinema world based in ancient Rome, <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> but no, no, I, I honestly think, I, I thought it was going to be much worse than it was. Yeah. Um, and I like to go in with an open mind, but I, I felt this was unnecessary. As as a film, I didn't really want it because mm. because I held such love for that original Ghostbusters. I think the guys all kind of meld really well. The jokes yeah. all hit. I was like, we don't really need this, and especially if they're rebooting it and getting rid of all that. Um, but I thought the the four main people and uh, girls, they all the team as, as a collective work well together. Yeah, they all very good at like... bouncing off each other. I was most impressed with um, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Yeah. I thought they were probably the best of the four. Yeah, I think they had... To... It's it's interesting is that the jokes in it weren't too overblown. It was only the ones that you felt were definitely ad-libs. Yeah. I, was it Main, you were saying this to Mainly me? on the part of Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. It always seems like they're trying to say stuff in the heat of the moment where it's just like, oh, well, that'll make it to the final cut. And it just gets a little bit grating. I liked Chris Hemsworth in this as well. I quite liked yeah. his character, but I know you didn't really, did you? I, I I didn't think he was the strongest of the characters. You said that he was the most entertaining. I character. really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it, and part, until the point late, like on his third act part. Yeah, like without spoilers, because we're trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah, yeah, well, just new regime. Okay, um, but his third act part of the film, I didn't really enjoy. But up until then, I found him quite humorous. Like he's kind of just kind of bumbled in and out of situations. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a one-trick pony in that film in the sense that there's sort of one joke they're going with there in that he's just not smart. Yeah. The ways they employ that and the ways they show that, they, they differ and they vary. It's quite... Like, one of my favourite jokes in the film is the bit where he just turns up and he's like, I'm going for the role of a doctor, which which, which is a better yeah, photo. Yeah. And it's just a photo of him topless in both photos. One of him playing a saxophone, the other one listening to it. Yes, that is good. <laughs> Like there's, there's some great lines in this. My main problem with this film was, um, and I said this to you afterwards, the reason I can't say this is a very good film or kind of really kind of go on about it is because I can't let it off for the same mistakes that Star Wars The Force Awakens makes. Right. Which is, The Force Awakens is basically a retread of A New Hope. And we yeah. slated it for that. Yeah. This is basically a retread of the original Ghostbusters. And yes, some of the humour is updated, so you have these new elements, but Star Wars had new elements in there. You know, there were mm. elements that made you go, this is something new. But it's basically the same film. And for something that reboots the franchise, there's a lot of really relying on, like, some of the cameos, well, no, pretty much all of the cameos are horribly forced in there. And all of your basic plot points are the same as the first film. Yeah. Um, and that's why I can't really kind of go, this is anything better than all right. There's nothing original. It's, yeah, it's fine. And that's it. It's not It's not going to change the world. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's just, a, you know, it's there. Yeah. And that's, it doesn't need to necessarily be that film. No. But with the backlash even before it came out, if it, if it had been that good, that would have been it, great. It had a lot to fight before it even came out. And obviously... You go on IMDb and some people are absolutely hammering this film. Yeah, sure. Like, I saw a lot of it saying um, this film is sexist towards men. Yeah. Because every man in this film is a buffoon. Yeah. But we went to this film uh, with Vicky, who's been on the podcast before. Mm. And she said, it's actually so refreshing as a woman to see this where, you know, you're smart people or you're women. And there's actually four female leads in the yeah. film. It's really refreshing. And normally the roles that the men got in this film are reserved for the women. Yeah. And, and you, you can kind of see that. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's a big issue to get into. It's something that requires a lot more time than we have to discuss on it. But, you know, it is interesting to see a film where you have got four female leads who aren't relying on, say, their sexuality to be like, oh, okay, yeah. well, that's the reason that they're doing that thing in the film. Well, is there any moment in this film any of them are really sexualized? No. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Exactly. And that's because Paul Feig understands what the world he's working in is. Yeah, and while I say it's it's not the best film, it is refreshing to see. However, Chris Hemsworth is sexualised by one member of the team? Two members of the team? It's never yeah. made clear who's interested apart from Chris By Hemsworth. all of the audience. But Melissa McCarthy has that thing where she's just like, oh, you're interested in Kevin? Yeah. Really? That guy? Like, as if it was like, Kevin's, Kevin's not attractive at all. <laughs> I, I, you know, that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, this one. The, the best thing about this film for me is that it isn't as terrible as everyone wanted yeah. it to be, which is great to see because it means that everyone can sort of go, well, I don't see what your point is there. I don't see... Because the points you're making are... The points that you, Andy, are making, I can understand they're valid in that it does feel like a little bit of a retread of that film. You're not going beat for beat the same stuff, but you know you've got you've got certain aspects of where you're like, 
that feels very much like yeah. that. That feels very much like that. Not to the point where you've got a second Death Star, but no, no, there is. I won't is go. There in, a larger I won't Death go Star? into it. But if ever you speak to the industry, I will explain to you why I think this is an exact retread. Um, but I won't get in. I won't get into it. Basically. Okay. But basically, there's going to be people who hate us for not hating on this film, and the reason I say that is because I already know other people who've done reviews of this film have got absolutely slandered for not hating this film. And it's a really weird reaction. But you're right, the best thing about this film is it didn't go down in flames. Yeah. And, that you know, maybe it will give people the idea that actually it isn't too too big an issue to do this. Well, it, look, if it opens the door for this kind of casting where you're not relying on the traditional Hollywood tropes of women, then that is a good thing. Yeah. You know, and to say... The, the biggest problem probably with this film is that it is called Ghostbusters. Call it anything mm-hmm. else and make it a different story, you're probably okay. Yeah. But because it's Ghostbusters, it gets that... You'll probably still get a small proportion of people saying stuff about it before it comes out, but if you don't call it Ghostbusters, you don't attach it to that franchise, it doesn't have that same effect necessarily. Yeah. But that is the positive looking forward, is that those mm. films now may exist more. And it, oh, this will this, get a sequel as this well. This will show the studio that this has an audience. And whether it's the fact that the audience is there because it's a female-driven thing, or whether it's because it's attached to the Ghostbusters thing, that's not quite sure yet. No one really knows. But it's opened the door for that. And I think that's, that's yeah. got to be a good thing, ultimately. Like I said, this will get a sequel easily. I think it'll do enough business to get that sequel. Like, yeah, really I mean, and whether that sequel does well or not, the main thing is: would you recommend this? Yeah, I would. I, I think it's it's an enjoyable time at the cinema. You know, it's not going to it's not breaking huge new ground. It's not the best comedy of the year, but it's certainly not the worst film of the. It's not even in my bottom half of the year. I'd say wait till it's on DVD. Yeah. Wait till you can see it. Some like there's no reason to rush to the cinema to it. I don't think it's one of those where you've got to see it. But if you get a chance, watch it. It's not. It's not bad. That's the main thing. It's Choice between bad. this and Independence Day Resurgence. It's this. You see this. Okay. I love how I'm using that as like my yardstick now. Of the <laughs> terrible film. <laughs> it's this or Entourage. It's, it's the most terrible film I've watched in the last month. <laughs> uh, so uh, you've seen Money Monster. Yeah, I watched Money Monster uh, this weekend, uh, which is the film where George Clooney plays one of these kind of stock advisor guys which uh, don't really exist in the same way that they do in america no in america here. it's all kind of buzzers and he, he's a very over-the-top um flamboyant character like he mm. comes out um to like music doing dance routines and things and he's there and he's got all these buzzers and these bells and whistles and you've got julia roberts as a producer who kind of knows exactly where he's going to be doing mm. and what happens is during one of the shows um i can't remember jack o'connell yeah He's um, basically just a guy off the street who's taken one of his investments to heart. Um, the investment's lost a lot of money and basically breaks into the studio, straps a bomb vest to him, and I basically just asks him, explain why this happened. Yeah. And it's this story of basically a company that he invested in lost eighty, no, 800 million overnight. Yeah. And nobody knows why. And it's a really interesting story of basically the way... They keep asking the questions, but nobody's giving the answer. And mm. in the same way, like we watched Big Short earlier in the year, yeah. And it's this kind of slight, slightly kind of deconstruction of the financial trade. 
Um, and it's this whole idea that anybody who's making money doesn't really care about the people who are losing the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. I really, really enjoyed it. I think the worst thing about it is Jack O'Connell's accent isn't always spot on. Oh, really? No, not always, no. Oh, I heard um, that that was one of the best bits about it. No, I didn't. I, I thought, okay, fine. I, I don't know if it was just me. I just, I, haven't, I, I think the fact I, that I know he's an English guy, you kind of hear out for it a little bit more. You kind of go, let's really listen to his accent. Um, I think Clooney's fantastic, but mm-hmm. I think Clooney normally is. Yeah. Uh, there are obviously occasions when he's not, but him and um, Jude Roberts. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I was there like, is it Julie Roberts? Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> Even though I've just so. said her name. Yeah. Um, they they act really well together. Like they're very they've got very good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, there's there's a big actor in it. Like Dominic West appears in this. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't appear to like the last like ten minutes or so. Mm. It's quite quite an important character to the whole story, but it's quite nice that really kind of centers on these three characters um, and this kind of story. It's really well, really worth a watch. It's really interesting. It's interesting what they do. It's not going to be the best film of the year. Yeah, but if that's the kind of thing you're into, these kind of in depth looks at um, kind of it's a human story Is wrapped it, in yeah. a in a bigger issue. Yeah, I think. From from what I understand of the film, it seems to be asking those questions that no one really knows the answer to because no one's a hundred percent sure on how these things always work, and because there are no definites in that world, you kind of go, "But how is this allowed to happen?" And it's questions like that that never get answered because no one really knows. Well, there's, there's, there's no cut and dry answers of, "Okay, this is why, and this is why." And there's this really interesting part where. Basically, they ask the company, they get the PR woman from the company on this video screen, and they say to her, what's happened here? And they just keep saying, it's a computer glitch, it's a computer glitch. But when they finally start doing, kind of looking into it, because Jack O'Connell's character, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like, it's not a computer glitch, it can't be. Look into it, find out why why this happened. And as they start to look into it, you realise that actually, everything is just a facade. And as yeah. soon as you start un- kind of peeling behind the layers, you start to realise what the bigger issue is here. Mm. Um, and yes, it's a dramatisation of a story. Um, and obviously it's got these kind of heightened elements, heightened elements of drama. But it's really interesting to, to look at it that way. So, worth a watch? Absolutely. Absolutely give it a go. Um, if you get a chance to watch it. I really enjoyed it. I, um, and my brother, I watched it with him and he doesn't like these kind of films. Um, he's... He's not like me, where we, we like to watch action films together, kind of big blockbuster explosions, superhero films. But he watched it and afterwards went, I was really impressed by that. Right. So it's somebody who's an audience member who it's not really for, but really enjoyed it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So you would recommend buying it on DVD? Absolutely. If you get a chance, watch it. When it finally comes out on DVD. Yeah. You just got a preview copy, right? Shh. Shut up. Okay, cool. Um, so that's it for this week, I think, isn't it? Preacher. Preacher. You finished Preacher. Finished Preacher. Um, How were the adventures of Arseface? Well, basically, I'm a massive fan of the graphic novel written by Garth Ennis. Um, it's really kind of an incredible piece of work by him. It's... Um, I read it all in a couple of weeks. Basically, I had a friend at work who basically just kept lending me the books as I finished one. Mm. And each day I was trading in two and he's given me two more. And kind of just got straight through it. It's an incredible piece of work. So when they announced they were doing a Preacher series, I was excited. I was like, seeing this on TV 
It could be great. But this is something that sh- has been in the works for a little while now. They constantly have tried to get it off its feet. Yeah. Um, and it just keeps getting knocked down. The problem is it deals with a lot of religious themes. Um, and there's a lot of kind of... They're very scared of the backlash they'll get. Well, a few years ago, Kevin Smith was, appro- was approached to do it. Yeah. With his producing partner off the basis of the done dogma. Yeah. And well, if you had look- handled religious themes very well in that. And also the backlash of religious themes being in their film. It's very similar to Dogma in sense that Dogma kind of, like you said, handles them in a very kind of warped sense. Yeah. It's very much warped religion. Basically, it's about a preacher called Jesse Custer who gets imbued with the power of God uh, through something called Genesis. And later on, it's explained what Genesis is. Great rock band. Um, <laughs> a great rock band. And it gives him the, basically the voice of God to be able to control people and tell them what to do. Sure. Um, and in the comic, what happens is Jesse loses faith with God because he realises God isn't up in heaven and he's basically avoiding responsibility. Yeah. And his whole mission is, I'm going to find God and I'm going to make him answer for what he's done and answer some questions. If he doesn't answer my questions, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Okay. Is basically his story. And it's this entire story. Whole of rare characters. The problem with the series, though, is it doesn't get any of these characters right. Right. And it's another issue of the problem of adaptation. I don't know whether it's the case of they're afraid to do exactly what the characters are. Yeah. Like, it introduces everything incredibly quickly. Right. Um, so it sets everything up. No, there's characters in the first couple of episodes of Preacher that don't appear for seven or eight volumes. Um, oh, okay. So and they, they just jam And they're just like, there, it's the done. Um, some of the characters, like, there's a sheriff in the series. Because um, you've seen a couple of episodes, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen a few. And I don't know what you I don't know what order I may have seen them in, but I, <laughs> yeah. no, I've seen them in chronological order, but just missed out a no, couple. Fair few. Uh, yeah, but the sheriff and his son... But he's supposed to from be what a you've despicable told, man. Yeah, from what you've told me about it, they've got that character completely wrong. Well, he is supposed to be a despicable man, and he hates Jesse Custer. Yeah. Um, with a passion. And you don't get that. He's an alcoholic. There is be- one instance where you see him be mean to his child. Yeah, and that's it. But he hates the fact that his son... Um, but his son is a character called Arseface, who's supposed to be this sympathetic character who basically uh, everyone hated him, his parents hated him, and he gets... Um, infatuated. Infatuated, that's probably a better word. Because it's a real word. With Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Right, yeah, yeah. And there's a whole backstory where after Kurt Cobain blows his own brain out, um, or did he? <laughs> arse face tries to do the same, but botches it and ends up in his face looks like an arse. Um, and then it's this whole story of... It is one of the best bits of the series. He's they really it. nailed the arse face effect. <laughs> he does have an arse. He, does he look looks spot like he has on. an arse for a face. Um, and it's this idea that, you know, this guy's been through the mill and ends up um, coming out of it going, I've been a terrible person. I tried to take my own life. What could have that done to my family? He comes back to his father and he's like, I love you, father. And his father's like, you're a you. dick. You're the worst thing to ever happen to me. And his storyline's pretty interesting. But in the series, they've just fucked that off. They basically have him trying to kill another person. Um, and it, like I said, the problem with the series is all the characters don't seem to... The only character they've got even close is Cassidy, the Irish vampire. But even that isn't close enough. And it just really annoys me that this series... And I think if you watched it, without reading the book, you'd probably enjoy the series more. Right. I think you'd probably get more out of it than I would. 
Because what happens is I then go into work the next day and I speak to another guy, the guy who lent me the books originally, and, like, and we rant and we're like, what the face. fuck have they done here? Why are they doing this? Um, so I'm going to give it a chance because the end of the series kind of gets you to the start of the book, in a Which way. Which is never the way you want it to be. No. Right. In a way. Um, it's fucked a lot of things up on route, yeah. but... In a way. So I'm going to give it another series, but it's just really annoying. It makes me go, why have you tried to take one of these amazing books and just not done it? So the recommendation is sort of... Read the books. Don't bother with the series. Go read the books. It's it's the Harry Potter art. But you're giving it another series. I'm going to give it another series just to see if it can get anywhere close. Um, Because if it can nail even a little bit of the magic that Garth Ennis brought to that book, it, it should be good. Uh, but the problem is, if they don't, then you're going to not want to read the books. But just go read the books, god damn it! Okay, so this week's evaluation is basically go read the books of Preacher, never watch the TV series. Yeah. But Andy will give it another series, <laughs> despite him definitely talking about the books way more than the series. Because they're incredible. Well, then read more books. <laughs> uh Buy Money Monster on DVD when it comes out. Yep, and watch Ghostbusters if, you, if it's in front of you. <laughs> so if you're in front of a cinema, go and see it. <laughs> if it's on a TV, then it's illegally on a TV. You don't want to be seeing that. Uh, but yeah, that's basically where we're going to have to leave it. Yeah, uh, reviews next week. We will see what they are. Yeah, uh, just oh, to let you know, we won't be doing yes. Suicide Squad in next week's episode because the Sunday episode after... So not this Sunday, the Sunday after will be a special episode of just Suicide Squad where we might be getting Fowler in, but we'll wait to see if he's out of prison yet. Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still in there. Um so we're gonna have a special episode Appeal for that. Is so pending. We're not sure what we'll be reviewing next week, but it'll be a sub- nice little surprise. Maybe BFG. Maybe BFG if we get a chance. And born if you go and see it. Yeah, I might do. Because I won't. I'll see. Um Thank you to Johnny Neves as ever for the theme song. You can find us on Buzzsprout, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Buzzsprout again. Um, please, Facebook, the face, page. Yeah, Facebook, Dinosaur Man Nerdcast, and Twitter, at Dinosaur Man 15. Please get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of... Did you enjoy Ghost. Ghostbusters? Did you enjoy Ghostbusters, or do you hate us for kind of liking it? Do you hate books that involve preachers? Um, These are the questions we want you to answer. Please rate us on iTunes, um, subscribe and share us amongst your friends. Um, until next time... I have been me. And I've been... <laughs> That's awful. And I've been... That's not how I end this. Doesn't matter. Uh, what is it? Don't go space crazy, but we haven't reviewed a space movie this time. Don't go desert crazy. Don't go... Like de- Preacher does. Okay. I mean, spoiler alert, like Preacher might. Don't go...